lost and alone on some forgotten highway <laughs> traveled by many remembered by few looking for something that i can believe in looking for something that i like to do with my life <laughs> there's nothing behind me and Nothing before me Something that might have been true yesterday Tomorrow is open Right now it seems to be more than enough To just be here today And I don't know what the future is holding in store I don't know where I'm going I'm not sure There's a spirit that guides me, a light that shines for me. My life's worth the living, I don't need to see the end. Here, you know it, sing along. Sweet, sweet surrender, yeah. Live, live without care, like a fish, like a fish in the water, like a bird, like a bird. In the air, sky. In the sky. Well, let's do it again. Give yourself a second chance. Are you ready? Ready? Four, three, two, go. Lost and alone on some forgotten highway. Traveled by many, remembered by few. Looking for something that I can believe in. Looking for something that I like to do with my life. Whoops. There's nothing behind me and nothing beside me to something that might have been true yesterday. Tomorrow is open. Right now it seems to be more than enough to just be here today. I don't know what the future is holding in store. I don't know where I'm going. Not sure where I've been. Ain't that the truth? There's a spirit that guides me, light that shines for me. My life's worth the living. I don't need to see the end. A sweet, sweet surrender. Awesome. Thank you, John Denver. That's the way to start a Sunday morning. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Sunday morning service this morning, and welcome to those sharing the service online. 
Um, so good to see you, everybody. And you can watch our services anytime on demand at our website or on YouTube. This is the final week of our summer book drive for Noble Elementary students. So if you haven't already, please bring in children's books and fill the bookshelf in the garden court. We're also grateful for your financial donations to support this outreach program. So that's an option as well. And today, right after the service, everyone is invited to a special gratitude affirmation wash. This sounds interesting. It'll be fun, trust me. It's upstairs in the Fillmore room. Join us for It's a Blessing service, and you don't want to miss it. So step, up, step upstairs and join us for this wonderful experience today. We also have an important community meeting coming up on June 11th, Sunday, June 11th at 1130, right after the service. The Board of Trustees are, will share the latest news on our upcoming building renovation, and you can participate in person or via live stream and live chat on our website. And if you're here, child care will be provided. The Women of Unity are gathering this Saturday at 9.30 in the morning. After the regular check-in, there's going to be a special paint and chat activity led by our own Maggie Ingle. So we need you to RSVP today if you want to join that so she can have supplies on hand. And then this fall, I know we're skipping ahead, but calling all Unity artists, we want to host an art fair this fall. And Jim Geisinger is taking the lead, so sign up in the Garden Court to support this special event. And then for June, as Reverend Pat would say, it's jelly-packed. I love that saying. I grew up with jam-packed, but I like jelly-packed better. It's cute. All the information for these events that I'm just going to briefly touch on are in your bulletin. They're in the sign-up court outside, so please pay attention to those that call to you. Chair yoga with Karen Ani, healing and wellness service, the last one before the summer uh, hiatus. Reverend Tony starts a, a series on unity and world religions. Patty Knez leads the presence and power of sound. The Golden Valley Pride Festival is June 10th, Saturday. We need some help signing up to support the booth, and our used book sale continues in June. All that information is out in the Garden Court, on our website, Peak of the Week. And now, please join Reverend Pat for our opening prayer. So I invite you to join me in opening prayer. Let's just go within for a moment. Go within. Infinite invisible spirit known by many names. On this Memorial Day weekend, we pause. We pause to reflect upon our blessings as a nation and at times the high cost of those blessings. Thank you for the freedom we enjoy in this country, the opportunities to flourish, and for the security of our land. Thank you for those who have served in the armed services of our country, risking their lives for our liberty. Thank you for those who have given their lives in service to our country, sacrificing in such a costly way for the sake of others, including me. Thank you for, for those who have given their lives so that those who live in other countries might experience freedom as well. Sweet Holy Spirit within, thank you for this day this day that is set aside, not just for celebration, but also for solemn remembrance as we consider the sacrifices of so many. Divine Spirit within, may we be more aware of just how blessed we are as a nation. May we be more grateful for our blessings, more eager to share them with others. And today, even as we remember those who have given their lives in the past, 
We also think of those whose lives are on the line today. We see them protected and affirm their safe return. We give thanks, sweet Holy Spirit, that you guide those who lead our nation. Today we pray for our president and all the leaders of the world, affirming that they are indeed guided by infinite wisdom and divine love. We are grateful for this beautiful day, grateful for the opportunity to come together to support each other on our unique spiritual journeys. And for that, we say, thank you, God. Together, thank you, God. And again, thank you, God. And yet again, thank you, God. Let's applaud this day, okay? We invite you to stand for our opening song. Thank you, and please be seated. 
As I look out here and welcome you, we welcome you this morning. We welcome those that are live streaming with us today. And I turned to Reverend Kevin and I said, everybody doesn't go for the cabin for the weekend. <laughs> so we truly thank you for being here today. We're glad that you're with us and we thank those that are live streaming with us as well. Uh, Unity is that open and welcoming, inclusive community. And one of our core values here is welcoming. My dear friends, if you're a guest with us today or you feel like a guest with us today, we'd like to honor your presence. Just take your courage in your hand and raise your hand as I raise my hand. Courage out there. Any guests today, we'd love to honor your presence. What courage over here. What courage over here. Yes. That packet of information you're receiving tells you a lot about Unity Minneapolis. There's a card in that packet. If you choose to fill out any part of that card and turn that into our book desk, we have a gift for you. The rose is a gift from our congregation so that we can easily recognize you and give you that very personal welcome. We also welcome those that are streaming today. And if you would like to fill out a contact card, someone from our staff will be in touch with you as well. All of that is important. And yet one of the most important things that I say on this platform each and every Sunday morning is this. And that is, my dear friends, wherever you are on your spiritual journey, wherever that may be, you're welcome here. We welcome you. We bless you. We behold the living presence of God within you. Let's appreciate these marvelous people. Okay. Thank you for being here. Let's affirm our vision statement. It's found in your order of service. Together, centered in spirit, we celebrate a world transformed by love, peace, and compassion. Let's do that again. Centered in spirit, we celebrate a world transformed by love, peace, and compassion. We are so blessed today. We have someone back with us that's certainly not a guest but someone has been on their own unique spiritual healing journey. And it's a joy to welcome back John Southam today. I know, John, that this congregation has been in prayer with you. And the entire unity movement has. So we give thanks for you and your presence back here today. Let's continue with the reading of our daily word. We now move deeper into spirit with the reading of the daily word. You are, mentally, you are invited to mentally add your prayers to our prayer box. After the service, the prayer box is located in the garden court where you may add your written prayers. You may also submit an online prayer request via our website. Your prayers are prayed with by our prayer ministry for seven days, and then they are forwarded to Silent Unity, where they are prayed with for an additional 30 days. The word for today, Sunday, May 28, 2023, is comfort. We affirm, loving memories comfort me. There may be days, or maybe even weeks on the calendar, when I find myself mysteriously feeling melancholy or blue, only to realize the anniversary of someone or something I have loved and lost is approaching. Even when I don't realize it outright, 
a part of me remembers and responds. I can honor these feelings as a way to honor the people and places that have taught me and helped me evolve. Welcoming my feelings brings deep and abiding comfort. I carry those people and places I love with me in the things I do, keeping their spirit alive. Gradually, I find smiles within the sadness. Revisiting treasured memories reveals the love within the loss. The presence of God is found within the gift of each moment, and I find comfort through my grateful heart. And Psalm 119, verse 76 tells us, let your steadfast love become my comfort according to your promise to your servant. We affirm loving memories comfort me. The word for today is comfort. you to join me in meditation. Sit comfortably, allowing your body to settle into a state of ease. 
close your eyes softly, inviting a gentle stillness to envelop your being. Now take a deep breath in, filling your lungs with air, and exhale slowly, releasing any tension or expectations that may be weighing upon you. And as you delve into the depth of your inner being, let your thoughts flow freely like a gentle stream meandering through a lush forest. In this present moment, allow yourself to embrace the beauty of imperfection. Acknowledge that perfection is an elusive ideal forever beyond our grasp. It is merely a mirage shimmering on the horizon, drawing us further away from the essence of our authentic selves. Consider the tapestry of life where imperfections interweave with grace and create a symphony of uniqueness. It is in the imperfections that we find character and charm and a sense of humanity. Reflect on the moments when you have felt most alive, most connected. Were they not the times when you let go of the need for perfection and surrendered to the flow of life? Embrace the wisdom that lies within these experiences. Embrace the idea that imperfection is not a flaw, but a gateway to growth and resilience and self-acceptance. So this morning, release the weight of expectations that perfection imposes upon you. Allow yourself to find solace in the imperfections that make you uniquely you. Embrace the idea that life is a journey and its beauty lies not in the pursuit of perfection, but in the exploration of the imperfect in all its messy, unpredictable, and awe-inspiring glory. And as we understand this, as we take this in this morning, let's rest for a moment in the stillness and in the quiet.
Thank you, God, for the stillness and the quiet. And this morning, we pray with those that have requested our prayers, represented by our prayer box. We pray with those that have requested through our electronic mail. We hold all of these requests in this consciousness of love, this consciousness of prayer, giving thanks in advance for answered prayer. Now, as you slowly bring your awareness back to the present moment, take a moment to offer gratitude for the imperfections that have shaped your path, for they have led you to this very moment, this very moment in time of self-discovery and self-acceptance. And we say thank you. Thank you, God. Amen. Close my eyes, drew back the curtain to see for certain what I thought I knew. Far, far away. the world was sleeping any dream will do I wore my coat with golden lighting bright colors shining wonderful and new and in the Any dream will do Yeah A crash of drums A flash of light My golden coat Flew out of sight The colors Faded into darkness I was left Alone May I return And the dream is too Well, the world and I oh, oh, We still are waiting And still hesitating Why? Because any dream will do
May I return to the beginning. Why not? Because the light is dimming and the dream is too. Well, the world and I, we are still waiting and still hesitating. Any dream will do. Any dream will do. One more. Well, any dream will do. Thank you, Lori. Anything you want to say about that song? Yeah. I've never sung it. You did it beautiful. I've played it for many people in many keys, but I've never sung it. And I, was, I had a dream that it would go okay, and look, it did. <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber, correct? Uh. Yes. So, let there be no doubt this year at Unity Minneapolis is all about our individual and collective dreams being made manifest. And this month is all about tending to our dreams. I think tending is a perfect metaphor when you think about tending a garden because we need to tend to our dreams in order to bring them to life. Reverend Pat began the series with his lesson, Easy Does It, But Do It. And the heart of this lesson is that our dreams, our dreams come from within and really thinking about them as God knocking at the door of our heart and that those dreams are waiting to be birthed. And while we can be easy and gentle with ourselves as we move towards our dreams, the bottom line is we need to act in order to have those dreams come alive. Two weeks ago, Reverend Tony and Tori did a beautiful job honoring mothers on Mother's Day, and they suggested that our mother's fingerprints or that mother love is implanted on us as part of who we are at our essence as well as within our dreams. Last week, Reverend Pat talked about the importance of having faith and optimism as we move towards those dreams. A key reminder from him for me was this idea that we are always faithing. We are always faithing, and faithing is about where I direct my time, energy, and attention. And I can either be directing it in the service of my dreams, seeing it, that vision, moving it, pulling at me that way, or I can be faithing in the direction of those challenges, those obstacles for me that get in the way of me realizing my dream. Today, I wrap up this month's series, and the lesson title is, Does It Need to Be Perfect?, does it need to be perfect? We're going to explore that question in just a moment, but I have another question for you I want to entertain first. Who is your favorite closer? <laughs> I can't help myself. <laughs> so let's get back to that important question. Does it need to be perfect? When you think about our lives, Moving towards our dream, does it need to be perfect? That is a closed-ended question, answered with a yes or no. Does it need to be perfect? No. Wait, does it need to be perfect? 
you got the lesson. We can wrap it up. <laughs> but wait, but wait. I am pretty sure that within the Bible, there is clear instruction that we are to be perfect. I suspect that you've heard this line before, be perfect like your Father in heaven. Have you ever heard that before? Well, when I sort of dug around deeper around this perfection stuff, that, really, that statement kind of bugged me a little bit because I'm thinking, how does that set us up for success on this spiritual journey? How can we be human perfect, let alone God perfect? How can that ever happen? It sets us up for failure. And so as I like to do, I dug a little deeper because I wanted to understand what is going on here. And what I realized was that in Matthew, and this is where the, the line comes from, uh, Matthew uh, chapter 5, verse 48, the, the specific line is, you are to be perfect even as God in heaven is perfect. And so when you hear that at first blush, that seems like a pretty clear statement, expectation, guideline, what have you, correct? Any doubt? Let's be good. And so while this was rubbing me the wrong way, I want to explore a little bit deeper. And I explored in terms of translations. And the word perfect in Matthew is likely a leftover from translating the Greek word into Latin as perfectus, which means to be whole and to be complete. Whole and complete. The Greek word that was translated to perfectus uh, the Greek word itself is teleos, which can mean perfect as we think about it, but it is usually referring to maturity or wholeness. Maturity or wholeness. And so when I reframe the word perfect with those types of concepts, being whole, being complete, being mature, it really lessens the irritation for me. <laughs> and it makes much more sense for me on my spiritual journey. Our unity theology teaches us that at our essence, we are whole, perfect, and complete. Have you heard that before? Yeah. yeah, that is who we are at our essence, and we're just waiting to uncover that and express that. I was curious what Charles Fillmore had to say. Charles Fillmore is our co-founder of our movement. I was curious what he had to say about perfection. He tells us that perfection is a state of consciousness that is completely free from any shadow of what is false. Any shadow of anything that is false. We attain divine perfection through spiritual aspiration by never ceasing to erase false thoughts and by affirming truth, with a capital T, truth, as the law of our being. In other words... In other words, that, that truth is that we are divine beings having a human experience. And that we are God, source, life in expression. And so often we just forget that. And yet, we live in this relative world with a culture that places high value on perfection. This month, we are focusing on a book called Imperfect Spirituality by Polly Campbell. It's a great book. I think Reverend Pat's doing a, a book study on that with a smaller group. And she tells us that we as a culture, listen to this, celebrate success, reward beauty, and praise people who follow the rules and don't make trouble. We are not hot on people who are unsuccessful, overweight, unattractive, or destitute. What we like are those people who have it together, appear to have the perfect marriage and the beautiful house and the great job and the clean kids. 
we, you and I, we are a culture of perfection seekers. Collectively, all we celebrate, we all celebrate youth, money, beauty, thinness, and ambition. We like shiny things, cleanliness, good manners, winners, and we like to be especially, we like to be right, especially with our spouses. <laughs> Campbell encourages us to make peace with our imperfections. And without this, we experience a whole lot less peace, joy, and vitality. She states that at its core, imperfection is a power that is waiting to be released. She describes owning and harnessing our imperfections as a spiritual practice. Think about that for a moment. Owning and harnessing our imperfections is a spiritual practice. And when we, when we take advantage of that, we are able to access greater compassion, authenticity, and integrity. And that's all in the mix here. She also states and is very clear about all of this. All of this will cause some discomfort from time to time. But that ultimately, it's very freeing. She tells us it is the route to compassion and peace and tolerance and patience. It is the route to joy. From an individual psychological perspective, the development of perfectionist tendencies can be influenced by a combination of factors, including personality traits, upbringing, societal expectations. We explore some of the common origins. Uh, I'm curious, are there any perfectionists in this room or online? <laughs> I'm not surprised. So some of the common origins of perfectionism. First off, personality traits. There are certain personality traits, such as being conscientious, ambitious, and detail-oriented. They can contribute to the development of perfectionist tendencies. Individuals with these traits may have a natural inclination towards high standards. Oftentimes, perfectionism is dr driven by a need to control. Anyone need to control in this room? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands on that. As a youth, as a youth, I experienced big lessons of control and perfectionism. My dad set high expectations for, for himself as well as for his five sons. He was former military. I've talked about him before. I think he operated as a parent, as a father, like he was the sergeant and we were his platoon. And that's just how we were raised. Uh, you know, 40-plus years now, uh, when my brothers and I will sometimes gather we sort of uh, realize that we all have this tendency to want to control and want to be perfectionist. And so we talk about it, we joke about it, and we just have realized it's genetic, we can't help it at all. <laughs> Our upbringing and family environment and those dynamics can play a significant role in terms of the development of perfectionism. These tendencies are learned from parents and caregivers and so forth, and it's really related to the possibility of them setting very high expectations for ourselves. And yet, children who receive conditional love and praise only when they meet certain uh, of these types of expectations and standards will tend to internalize the belief that their self-worth is tied to their performance leading to those perfectionist tendencies. My perfectionist tendencies were groomed from a very young age. As I was preparing for this lesson, talking and thinking about perfectionism, 
I had a memory from my childhood that I had not thought about for a long time, many, many years. <laughs> and uh, I even consulted with one of my brothers to test for the accuracy. And he said, yep, that happened. And so <laughs> this, um, I'll briefly tell you the story of the situation. But, um, and I can't even remember how old I was. But uh, at one point in time, my brother and I were sharing a bedroom and it was agreed that we were going to uh, have it wallpapered or something like that. So our parents gave us permission to uh, do artwork on the wall, graffiti, things like whatever we wanted to do because the wallpaper was going up. And so um, I had a bit of a creative streak as a, as a child for sure. And so we went to town in terms of painting on the walls. And mind you, I chose black paint, black paint. And so in addition to kind of doing this painting on the walls, I'll tell you a little bit more about it, I got inspired. I got inspired. I thought, you know what? It would be cool to put a spider web on the ceiling. <laughs> I even have show and tell here. So I literally, I don't know if you can see this, I literally painted this spider web on the bedroom ceiling. Okay? Now, if you know anything about painting, painting ceilings, painting black on white ceilings, how do you think my dad responded to that when he realized that was the case? He was really, really ticked off. In addition, what topped his frustration and anger was not the spider web on the ceiling that I had painted, was the fact that one of my graffiti things on the wall was this statement that said, Chris, who is one of my brothers, Chris is a liar. And... I have no idea where that came from or what the story was behind that, but that was what was written there. He was not ticked off at the content of that statement. What he was really pissed off about was this idea that I had misspelled liar, L-I-E-R. <laughs> so I was being groomed as that perfectionist from a very young age. There are also cultural and societal influences. These are huge force that impact us in terms of this perfectionism. And it really is all about this culture that we live within, this ocean that we swim in, that's all about valuing achievement, success, and external validation. We may feel pressure all the time or oftentimes to meet some of these unrealistic standards set by society. Think about the abundant media that portrays who we should be, what we should look like, what we should own. All of that is powerful impacts on us, pushing us sometimes to that perfectionism. And in some of that is also this idea that this perfectionism is necessary in order for us to be accepted and feel a sense of worth and worthiness. As a gay man, I grew up feeling less than, not enough and not worthy of having a great life. Brene Brown, in her book, Gifts of Imperfection, has a statement that she talks about and a, a phrase that she talks about, and it's referred to as hustling for worthiness. And she says, sometimes we hustle for worthiness. I can very much relate to this concept. Just a few years ago, I had this bit of a, a, sad, a sad realization where I realized that so much of my professional, academic, uh, material, possessions, all of this stuff that I have acquired and done and accomplished, underneath it was this deep drive that I wasn't enough. I wasn't enough. And I'm happy to say 
that those days of feeling less than and not enough, they're waning. They're waning. Traumatic experiences. Traumatic experience can also cause us to become more perfectionist. And such as these traumatic experiences could be childhood drama, significant life events, but they are all about creating coping mechanisms in order for us to manage the trauma. And the belief is that if we control every aspect of our lives, if we can control that, we can avoid or minimize the negative experiences, we can avoid some of that harm. As a childhood trauma survivor, I can totally relate to this. One of my brothers calls me very particular. I'm doing that in air quotes. Very particular. And what that's code for is this idea that I have a very strong, clear sense of what I want, and I also like to control. And I know where that has come from. While perfectionists, it's not a horrible thing across the board. There are some positive aspects in terms of we have oftentimes high standards, attention to detail, uh, meticulous, meticulous work ethic, but we also, survive, we also strive for excellence in anything that we undertake. Notice how I went from they to, to we, to me. <laughs> so in addition, perfectionists tend to be highly disciplined. They have that drive to achieve perfection, setting goals and completing them, finding ways to make things happen. However, however, along with these positive aspects, perfectionists also carry certain challenges. One significant, one significant drawback is the propensity for self-criticism. Perfectionists can be their own worst critic. We set especially high standards and then have a difficult time living into them. And so oftentimes that results in disappointment, guilt, shame, self-doubt. In addition, perfectionism tends to breed anxiety and stress. And it's all for the stuff that we are creating from within. Perfectionism can also strain personal relationships. Now, I might be accused of meddling, moving from preaching to meddling, but listen to me on this. Perfectionists set high standards, set expectations, not only for themselves, but also for the people around them, especially spouses. And this leads to unrealistic expectations. I am noticing some folks looking at their spouses right now. <laughs> and so this can create tension between those folks in terms of those relationships, Perfectionists may struggle in asking for help, feeling like they need to do it all themselves. They may struggle with delegation because no one can meet their standards or expectations. Uh, this can lead to feelings of isolation and difficulty in terms of really collaborating and trusting other folks. Brene Brown, in her research-based definition of perfectionism, and this is from her book, Daring Greatly, and it's a, a bit old right now, but it's a, it's a great book if you've never read it or if you've not heard of it, Daring Greatly, uh, what she tells us about and how she defines perfectionism, and this is after decades of her research. She says, 
Perfectionism is self-destructive and an addictive belief system that fuels this primary thought. Listen to this. If I look perfect and do everything perfectly, I can avoid or minimize the painful feelings of shame, judgment, and blame. Perfectionism is self-destructive simply because perfection doesn't exist. Perfection doesn't exist, at least in this experience. Perfectionism is addictive because when we invariably do experience shame, judgment, and blame, we often believe it's because we weren't enough. It's our fault when we feel that stuff. And then perfectionism actually sets us up to feel shame, judgment, and blame ongoingly, which then leads to even more shame and self-blame. It's my fault is what we tend to take on, and I'm feeling this way because I'm not good enough. Brown tells us that wherever we are in this continuum of perfectionism, we must make the journey from worrying about what others think of us and concern about not being worthy or enough to the full realization that we are enough. She also tells us that this journey is ongoing, and it requires practices of courage, compassion, and authenticity. Today, we began by asking the simple question, does it have to be perfect? Does it have to be perfect? The simple answer is, hell no. <laughs> the key is to honor and embrace our full selves, imperfections and all, as we take steps towards realizing our dreams and our spiritual unfolding. In closing... I want to honor specifically two individuals. One of these individuals was brutally killed and had their dreams robbed from them. The other lived a rich and full life where their dreams, many of their dreams came true as they also blessed the world with their gifts. This week was the third anniversary of the George Floyd, George Floyd murder. And when I realized that, I took a moment and paused and had to ask myself and remembering some of those experiences and scenes and the aftermath and all of that, I paused and I just really reflected and thought, how far have we really truly come from that moment on this journey of equity and justice? How far have we come? And while I see and I know there are glimmers of hope, it's not been far enough. And my dream... My dream is about a world that works for all, where justice, equity, and opportunity is reigning supreme for all. That's my dream. And we've got work to do on that, folks. We've got work to do on that. The other individual I wish to honor is Tina Turner, who made her transition this week at age 83. Her early life was far from nice and easy. And yet she held fast to her dreams and she brought them to life. She's a great example of resiliency, of passion, of persistence, of overcoming the obstacles that she was faced with. And she did this by believing in her dreams, believing in her success. In her own words, from Miss Tina Turner. When I started as a solo artist, I was a female black singer in my 40s 
with no money and few prospects for gigs. Still, I kept a never-give-up spirit. Part of my spiritual practice is to change poison into medicine, to transform roadblocks through positivity. The force of my positivity pushed the discriminatory isms standing in my way. We all have within our power to make decisions and take actions that elevate us. Every day we express who we are and who we wish to become through our thoughts, words, and deeds. Choose the, path, the positive path in everything you do. Spread positivity and kindness. That's the way. My legacy, says Tina, my legacy is that I stayed on course from beginning to the end because I believed in something inside of me. May she rest in peace. So my call to action this week for each of us, what decisions, what actions will you take, will I take that will elevate us, that will move us forward and towards in the direction of our dreams? What actions, what decisions will you take on that moves you forward, that elevates you? So it is. Is but a game and they let it slip away. Love, like the autumn sun, should be dying, but it's only just begun. Like the twilight in the road up ahead, they don't see just where we're going. Secrets in the universe Whisper in our ears And all the years will come and go and Take us up, always up We may never pass this way again We may never 
way again We may never pass this way again So they say, are for the fools, and they let them drift away. Peace, like the silent dove, should be flying, but it's only just begun. Like Columbus in the olden days, we must gather all our courage. Sail our ships out on the open sea Cast away our fears and all the years will come and go Take us up, always up We may never pass this way again We may never pass this way again We may never pass this way again is easy I want to cry if it makes it worthwhile I may never pass this way again that's why I want it with you you make me feel like I'm more than a friend like I'm the journey and you're the journey's end Thank you, Laurie, thank you, Dave, thank you. Awesome music this morning. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I think Reverend uh, Kevin is an excellent closer. He's getting a great <laughs> reputation for closing. And, um, and I don't know about you, but he stopped preaching and started meddling in my life. And I appreciate that a lot. Oh, my gosh. Wow, what a one, wonderful, wonderful morning. This is our opportunity to practice that spiritual law of giving and receiving, and there's many ways to do that. You can donate electronically at unityminneapolis.org. Donate. You can scan the QR code in your bulletin, use an offering envelope in the pew, or mail a check in. So those of you that are giving, let's just take a moment and hold them in our hand as we bring our ushers forth. Let's just feel that energy knowing those things that we bless increase in our life. Now let's affirm together our church offertory blessing found in your order of service. Together, divine love 
flowing through me, blesses and multiplies all that I give, all that I receive, and all that I am. Thank you, God. So let's take a moment and bless these gifts. We give thanks for all of these gifts, all the gifts that's been received this week, knowing that God is truly the source of all good in our life. We bless these gifts and we send them forth to fulfill our vision and mission of a transformed world. And we say thank you. Thank you, God. And so it is, and so we let it be. Amen. I want to acknowledge Sharon Payne for leading our music this morning, Sharon Payne. I don't know about you, but when I have someone that's leading the music, I sing better, don't you? You know, I don't. Okay, I got when it didn't go over so well. You know, our consistent giving program is this month for the month of May is designated as consistent giving, and we've been having some testimonies this, this uh, month. And Kat Ingerson is going to share why she is a consistent giving member. I follow Kat a lot. She travels a lot. She's on Facebook a lot. And we love her. So thanks for sharing this morning. Thank you. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Yes, I'm here to talk with you for a minute or two about consistent giving. So I've been a spiritual person for many decades. And... It wasn't until 2006 that I decided to make a, a deeper commitment to my spiritual life by becoming a member of Unity, and that really paid off. Uh, the riches that I've received from being part of this community have truly been abundant. And sometime after that, I was thinking about the law of giving and receiving, we talk a lot about abundance and prosperity, of course, at Unity. 
And I was also thinking about the four T's, time, talent, treasure, and tithing. And I thought, well, at that time, I decided to give of my time by joining the usher ministry. And that has been such a joy. I get to stand out there and greet all you beautiful people as you come into church on Sunday. And then, I don't remember the year I did that, but it was quite some time ago. And then sometime after that, or maybe around the same time, I was again thinking about the law of giving and receiving in terms of one of the other T's, treasure. So I would come to church on Sunday, and I would put money in the collection plate, and that's all well and good, but guess what? I do like to travel. <laughs> Anybody who knows me at all knows that at every opportunity, I'm out exploring the world and meeting people and exploring other cultures. So, luckily for me, Unity has a program called Consistent Giving. And that was another commitment I made to both my own spirituality as well as my church home. And... It was also very convenient and easy to do. I'm pretty sure I signed up online. It was um, very easy, as I said, to do. And so that has also put my mind at ease when I'm out in the world that that law of giving and receiving is in force in my life 24-7, 365. And so if any of those factors play a role in your life, you, if you would like to make a spiritual commitment, if you would like to make sure that law of giving and receiving is in force in your life on an ongoing basis, or if it's just a matter of convenience because you too like to travel the world, <laughs> I would encourage you to consider signing up for the Consistent Giving Program at Unity. Thank you. Bravo. Bravo. I love being a consistent giver. 37% of our donors are consistent givers. So if you feel we want to raise that number a little bit, we encourage you to become a consistent giver. It's easy. There's an informational table out there as well if you have some questions about that. Wow. Thank you, Kat. We appreciate you. Thank you. Also, I'm going to invite our own duty Unity Prayer Chaplains to please stand. These individuals arrived early and they held sacred space in this sanctuary. They're here to hold that sacred space with you. So today, if you have a prayer request, by all means, seek out a Unity Prayer Chaplain. Thank you for your service today. And you may be seated. I'm excited about what we're doing after the service. It's upstairs. You don't want to miss this. I said to someone, it's worth climbing the stairs. It's worth climbing the stairs. So you do not want to miss this. As you exit today, there will be signs on how to get upstairs. It's kind of a surprise. But we are calling it a gratitude affirmation wash. A gratitude affirmation wash. I promise you, you will not get wet, okay? <laughs> but I promise you one thing, you will feel great with this. And so we encourage you to participate, uh, and we're looking forward to it. So enough said. 
We will see you up there. You might want to uh, do that, then come down and enjoy hospitality, and there's other things going on here as well today. So how you doing? Pause a moment tomorrow. Pause a moment. Here's another assignment. And just in the silence, pause somewhere during the day and give thanks for those that made the ultimate sacrifice for our life. It's time to do that. We have children out there. Let's bring them in, okay? We are walking in the light, in the light, in the light. We are walking in the light, in the light of this morning upstairs was about the golden rule. And one of the activities that we did was to have everyone close their eyes and then one person chose an emotion and they showed that emotion and everybody else had to guess what that person's emotion was. And it was a way to have an emotional connection to know what people are feeling and to be able to ask them if they need some help. That was our lesson. That's a greater lesson for adults, too, don't you think so? You know, I think we're still learning that emotion. So it's great that you started such an early age doing this, as I said many times. These children will enroll in therapy much less than we did, I can assure you. Let us know together our prayer for protection and our peace song. Don't forget the wash upstairs. Together we know that the light of God surrounds us. I am light. The love of God enfolds us. I am love. The power of God protects us. I am power. The presence of God watches over us. I am presence. Wherever we are, God is. I am divine and all is well.
away And she'll worry night and day Hand it over Give it up and pray If you're sick and feeling low Got no money, got nowhere to go Hand it over Oh, give it up and pray Hey, hand it over Hand it over I give it up I give it on over Hand it over Give it up and pray Ain't no mountain you can't climb Ain't no answer you can't find All you need is a hand to hold It'll heal your body Feed your soul the road is dark and you can't find your way. I can't. Let the spirit oh. light the way. Mm-hmm. Hand it over. Hand it over. Oh, hand it over to Miss Lori. Yeah. 